The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. gang i'm sitting down now back for the second time my pal of over 30 years dan collingridge chief technology officer at flexdealer.com i get to see his face every single day but i realize you guys don't so dan thanks so much for joining me on the dealer playbook podcast oh it's so good to be here um i love it um working with you every day and then getting to spend this extra time together is just such a treat um well, it's funny you say that because some, I, and I'm glad to hear you say it because sometimes I'm like, Dan, Dan could probably use less of <laughs> some days. You know, it's, it's oh, such man. a good sign that you, we've known each other so long and we can still talk to each other. Yes. And that you, you actually messaged me. I think this is a perfect place to start. And then I want to backtrack. I think we have proven well that actually friends can be business partners. Amazing, huh? Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, we, that could be a podcast in and of itself, but I don't know if that's where we want to go on this one, but, but it got me thinking you messaged me maybe two or three weeks ago, something to the effect of like, wow, we've really like figured out this CEO CTO thing realizing that despite playing in a band together, which I'm sure we'll dig into playing in a punk rock band in high school and realizing how bad I suck at Nintendo games and chugging bark fruit beer as teenagers and driving by our, you know, girl crushes houses, um, like which we realize now is like cancel culture stalker, <laughs> McStalkerson, but like we were teenagers. Um, Going from that to like still having very distinct personality types and working together all these years and having that kind of boiled perfectly into the statement of like, I think we've figured out this like thing. Like you have inherent personality traits I do and how we both realize we need both of them for this like almost perfect storm to happen. Yeah. And you know, by saying that we've known each other so long and are still working together and still get along doesn't mean that we're just the same person, right? I mean, it's just like anything in life. I mean, if, if you have a will and you're, you're someone who you, who can work well with others, you know, you can make it work, right? And we've had we've had bumpy times along the way, you know, in friendship, but also in business. And to weather those, you know, you come through stronger and closer and, and that's important in this kind of work. Yeah. Um, and just like, dude, you're one of the funniest people I know. And I don't think a lot of people realize that because like usually I think developers get a bad rap for just seeing ones and zeros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, maybe a very dry kind of humor. I don't think a lot of people would call me funny, but I appreciate that about you that you think I am. So, hey, I've never laughed. There, I can't think of how many... There, there, it's a very short list of people that get a like belly from the most, like a laugh from the most nether regions of my belly. 
you know, um, like to the point where we're, we're dying. But you just before we hopped on here, you sent a link and I had totally forgotten about this. And and I wanted to spend some time with you because I, I really think seriously, dude, I think like the industry could probably use a little less of me even, but they see me. I'm all over the place. I'm the one going to the shows and the conferences and I do the podcast and all these sorts of things. But I really feel like as far as the auto industry is concerned, more people need, need, need. I use that word intentionally need to know you because you, 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 in my opinion, are such a sleeper. You have so much wisdom about this industry, about inventory and technology, and you've guided our tech roadmap since our inception. Like more people need to know you. And so you sent me this link and it was something that. Um, our beloved hometown of Vernon, British Columbia, Canada posted on their website. It's still there to this day. And I'm like, holy crap, I totally forgot that they did a write-up on like how we got started. Um, and so I thought, hey, could we, we well, we both thought, hey, it could be kind of cool to just get that story out and let more people know about our journey and like how friends have been able to do it and how we've let, you know, the industry and our customers guide what we've built here. And then uh, of course, letting people know exactly what we've built. So I want to turn it over to you. Um, I would love, I would love our founding story through your lens. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I think to start, I need to talk about you a little bit, which is, which is strange. You know, you asked about me, but I'll turn it on you. <clears throat> Those of you that have been listening to the show and that have that know Michael over all these years just just need to know how much entrepreneurship and how much the automotive industry really is in his blood. Um, we, the Michael I know, drove around as a young teenager oh, no. in a car. I don't even know if it was a wrap. It was, I don't even know if wraps existed then, but it was this car was decked out end to end, painted. <laughs> It was like called deals on wheels or something. And Michael and I went on this date. We took these, these two girls out on a date. And the only car we had to drive was this painted deals on wheels car. And no joke, the back seat of this car had a thousand car magazines just like strewn all over the place. I don't even, we didn't even think to clean it out. So we're just kind of crammed in this back seat with thousands of magazines. This was Michael's childhood driving from dealership to dealership as a, a, a teenager with a brand new license, delivering these, these automotive magazines. And so, I mean, that's just the life that Michael grew up in. Now, my path was, was slightly different. Um, I didn't grow up in the auto industry, but I, I was interested in technology from day one. And so there was a period of time in our lives when, when actually, even though we've been friends for 30 years, there were a few years there where we, we, we kind of went separate ways, which is, was fascinating to me because we were so close growing up as teenagers. I went off to school. I started studying computer science and technology and you know, got a degree in computer science and got a job at a, a multi-billion dollar software company in, in the United States. And that was kind of my life. And I, you know, I met my wife, we started having kids and our lives were heading different directions. Um, but I remember one day sitting there thinking, I'm going to get a call from Joe Cirillo today, who, if you don't know him, is, is Michael's dad, who, who started the business originally. Out of the blue, it, it crossed my mind. I'm going to get a call from Joe Cirillo today. And I was walking into work 
And sure enough, later that day, the phone rings and it's Joe. And he says, you know what? We're, this was early 2000s, I, I think, mm-hmm. probably where we're at. He said, you know, things are shifting in the industry. We've been doing this print magazine for so many years. And we're starting to see that dealers are wanting their inventory online. And so Michael and I were talking and we needed a guide. We, we had to find somebody that knew technology that could help us make this happen. And he asked if, if I would come on as a partner to make this happen. And of course, I was like, yeah, let's do this. This sounds exciting because I was looking for an opportunity to work with you again. So that's as I look at our beginnings, those are the two things that stood out to me most as our childhood morphing into this period of time, not really talking much and then to being in business full time together since then. Yeah. Um, you've even brought up experiences that I forgot about. Um, <laughs> you blocked out of your memory. <laughs> I don't know if I, yeah, intentionally or not, but you're cracking me up. Cause I'm like, we were such grubs. Like, why didn't we think to clear up the vehicle? Why did anyone want to go on a date with us? I don't know. <laughs> 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 oh yeah that's probably the better question like what did we have to do to to encourage like what what must their thoughts have been looking in the back seat seeing not not to mention the front end of the because it was a kia rio i don't oh, know yeah. if anybody remembers I those know. it was a kia kia rio it was, and you're right it wasn't wrapped but what we did was we um for for dealers who did i i, I want to say like a six month advertising contract we would actually put their logo on the vehicle Uh. so by the end of it yeah it was like a nascar like this thing was just decked out with local dealers logos and we were we were the driving billboard um and that yeah you're right so so we took them on a date in this driving billboard filled with magazines um but i had totally forgot about that that is hilarious um, I want, I want, I want to now remember who we brought on the date so we can get them on the show and ask them what <laughs> their perception of that date was. I'm sure we can dig up pictures. We've got a lot of old photos sitting in. We do have a lot of old photos. Look it up. It's funny though, you know, and I'm sure those listening have had experiences like this to your point about like you, you had this feeling something was at work in the universe, in the ether. And you got this sense, Joe's going to call me by the, by the way, for those wondering, uh, we call him Papa Joe. That's the, the nickname that our team here at flex has, uh, has affectionately given my father as he's enjoying his, his travels somewhere, uh, at this juncture, um, Papa Joe. And, and on that side of things, yeah, there was a lot of conversations about, print we're seeing the writing on the wall what do we do how do we migrate to a digital world do you know anybody testing out different companies i mean some companies that have are long gone in the history books who we were like maybe they can help us with tech and testing that out there was a lot of r&d that went into this decision of like how do we migrate out and i also think about my dad you know because to your point about how we've had our moments as friends where there were like ups and downs and we figured it out. And, and, uh, now, now I'm just quoting the Robin hood song of most sometimes ups outnumber the downs. Um, and it certainly was that way working in a family business with my dad. And, and admittedly for years, I shied away from admitting that we were a family business, perhaps in my adolescence, not understanding how deeply rooted our beloved auto industry is in family business. Yeah. 
like so many are family businesses, so many. And it is actually so cool at this point to see that second and third and fourth generation rising up. And what what better thing can we do for our families? And even though, you know, you and I say we're friends, I mean, you're a brother, man. You were the you were you were the literally the brother I never had. I mean, figuratively, but also I feel like literally, you know, having four sisters, no brothers. And then here you are, you know, a mentor to me. Uh, someone to look up to a great example, you know, growing up and we were so tight and we are, you know, we're tight now. Um, and, and so still to this day, really feeling like, man, this is a family business. Um, what we've built here is incredibly special. So we build this technology and would you say it was in those early days, it was probably out of just complete ignorance. Like we were like, cause we were out there, we, we were trying to figure out how do we, how do we get people to go from magazine print, the thing that they think is dying to a digital medium. And our thought was, why don't we build a portal? Why don't we build a website that we can host all their inventory? And this therein lies the, the fundamental difference between a CEO and a CTO CEO has brilliant idea. Your first remark was, how, where are we going to put their inventory? <laughs> like, it was just so rooted in common sense and logic. Like, okay, but then where do we put their inventory? How does it live? And we're like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like the word you use, ignorance, because isn't there always some level of ignorance involved with starting a business? I mean, we like to think we act on you know, market data and all these things, but there's always this degree of ignorance involved. But when you place that together with common sense, which is another great word, um, along with inspiration, I feel like we were inspired. Um, taking, you know, your industry experience and the my technology background, we were able to put together something that was really inspiring. I remember the very first thing I did is I sat down and said, okay, we're going to need a database to store all this stuff. Right. And I sat down and I created this database. I can tell you that the core of that database so many years, decades ago still exists today. Now, we obviously we've improved it. We've enhanced it. We've we've incremented on it. But the core of it is still there. And so there was a lot of inspiration involved. And that's how we knew it was. We were onto something that things started to, to click together. Not to mention, I mean, the the fact that when our clients, client partners would come to us with requests, they were always blown away that A, we listened and B, most of the time we built the things that they needed. And, and I'm sure those, those listening and watching are like, well, what did you build? So you, you built some sort of a portal. Like, what is it that you do today all these years later? Um, so in your best uh, attempt to explain, you know, what, what it is that we're so excited about and what we see the industry needs. What, what exactly is it for those that are curious? Yeah. So it started, I mean, once this database was created, we quickly saw that we're going to need to start to talk with other companies. And so the feed system really was born out of that, where it was like, we need, what good is an empty database, right? We need to start getting this inventory from other systems into ours. And so there were a lot of integration work that went into place. And again, this is stuff that still happens today. And so we started just pulling inventory from lots of different sources and working with other companies to get that inventory data. 
and then obviously publishing it online on a website, right? And so we we've our model has been basically twofold, the inventory and the website pieces for all of these years. Now, over time, we've developed also some agency services, some, some ads and things like that. Um, but the core of it really has been inventory and still is today. Dare you say, dare you quote from our beloved, you can't probably see it because it's blurry, but there's a picture of Nacho Libre on my yeah. wall. Inventory. We, we see inventory as the nucleus. The nucleus, yes. It's the nucleus of, of everything. Um, it, it's the driver of of a lot of the conversations even that have happened in the last two years. The last two years in particular, I feel like, and I'd love your take on this, has really emphasized the importance of speed to market, which is something that we think really deeply about how quickly we can like take data from whatever source normalize it and then give that control back to the dealer to not have to wait for us or anybody else to then spit their own data back out and use it any which way that they want. But, but I mean, from your vantage point where maybe feeds sound unsexy, you're realizing, wow, there's actually a real, there's a real big need for this on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, things are so much more complicated now than they ever were, right? I mean, gone are the days where you can just sit down and you've got a spreadsheet and maybe a drive on your computer with some photos, right? Today, your inventory is spread, not only spread out everywhere, but it's coming from all kinds of different systems. Like you've, Some dealers have one system just to manage photos, another system just for pricing, another system to pull from the DMS to move things around. Um, it's complicated and our system is we've designed it so that we can read data from any source that's out there, pull it in cleanly into one nice, super clean, beautiful package, and then get it in that package format to wherever it needs to go. And again, just quickly, right? You don't want to have to wait 24 hours for a feed to run to get your information where it needs to go, right? We want to get things to be real time as, as close as possible. It remain, reminds me of like, Back when I was doing, so part of that all-encompassing family business, delivering magazines, but knowing full well that to bring a technology play to market, there was going to be a lot of like boots on the ground work. And I just think about going to college full-time and then doing inventory management for large dealer groups in Vancouver, Canada, um, and how slow and painstaking just the, the, the lot capture process was. And all these years later, realizing that by and large, it is still slow and painstaking. And I mean, for guys like you and I, where I feel like we're constantly pushing ourselves to, to some sort of ideal, whether that's good or bad, um, we kind of glossed over the fact that what we have now, this inventory marketing system that we've built, truly puts speed and time back in the dealer's hands to be able to capture a piece of inventory, get all of its data in and get that sucker out and marketed as quickly as possible, realizing that every day that it's not being marketed, it is costing that dealership a tremendous amount of money. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer in using technology to enhance our lives. And so we are blessed today. We have a whole lot more technology than we ever did before. Um, But I feel like sometimes we drown in it in that 
we've, we've got systems that are so full of features that they, they kind of lose sight of the core of what we really need to do, which is exactly what you said, right? So getting things done quickly, efficiently, and that's something that, that our, our dealer partners have said to us often is we just love the system just because it just works, right? It just, it just does what we need it to do when we need it to do it. And, you know, it takes us back to that relationship piece. You know, we always want to work so closely with those that, that we've partnered with to make sure that things are working the way that they'd like to see them work, to get ideas from them, to work together with them as partners. I love that. It, I want to go back to this article that we referenced earlier, just as we continue to get to know and, and get to know you in the industry. Um, I don't perhaps like the, <laughs> the articulation of this because it makes me feel weird. Um, but I think this is funny because it was written so many years ago. Um, so many years ago, like I, I can't at least eight, nine years ago, at least. Yeah. Um, and it says, I'm going to skip out the part that makes me uncomfortable. Um, cause I don't like reading about myself, but it just says one of the things Michael, and really I could say both of us emphasizes is creating a positive corporate culture. Um, it's funny how. You know, a lot of what you're saying about listening to customer, paying attention to the market, but also, you know, um, making something that just common sense makes sense to a customer is largely powered by culture. And we're hearing a lot in the industry these days about culture. And, you know, there there's kind of two sides of the coin. There's those that just immediately understand the importance of a healthy workplace culture. And then there's those that are struggling to quantify how it actually makes sense. So I'd love your your take from where you sit, your vantage point, overseeing and having stewardship for team. How do you find culture impacts the work that you're doing day to day? Yeah, one of the things I'll say first is that while culture is so important, it's very difficult to maintain uh, the larger a business gets, right? And we've, you know, we're not a huge business, but we have that culture. And so we've really worked hard at finding the right people as opposed to just a bunch of people, right? We want people that are, that are good fits, that we can work well with and that share that same vision and that same positive culture that we've, we've established. And so really, I mean, I've seen this, we're having come from a large, large company with thousands and thousands of employees. Uh, you can lose that culture very quickly. And that's, that's a danger. Like it, some people might look, hear that and be like, well, that's not a huge deal, right? We're st- we've still got the business that's still running, but in our mind, culture is, is super important. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I love working with people that love what they're doing and that love working at the company that they work at. Um, you, I think everyone's experienced going to work and just being like, oh, dragon, like, oh, here's another day. I've got to go through another day, right? Oh, I, another week and I get to go on my vacation, that, that kind of stuff. But it's very different when you, you're excited about what you do and, and it, it's possible with the right culture, with the right people. Love it, man. Well, um, you know how much I love you and look up to you. And I'm so glad that we get to, uh, continue our journey together. For those that are curious about this inventory speed to market, what we're building over here and how they can learn more about it and perhaps implement it into their 
uh, business process. I love how you said it earlier, like using, t- looking at technology as a way to enhance our abilities. Where where would you direct people and how can they get in touch with you? Well, definitely, I think you mentioned earlier, flexdealer.com is where you can find us on the web. Um, but as for me personally, um, I love talking to you guys. And so if you want to reach out to me personally, Dan at flexdealer.com, I've got my email and thanks to these phones we've got, and it's always in front of me. So I'll, I'll get your email as soon as I can. And we'd love to set up a conversation to talk more. Love it, buddy. Thanks for joining me on the Dealer Playbook Podcast. I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.